Tonight we're going to be going through and talking about prayer. We're going to be discussing uh, and looking at 1 Timothy chapter 2 and the first four verses as it is a call to prayer. Let us go ahead and read 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 4. Turn with me. First of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceable, peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. First, we see that this is an urgent call to prayer. Sorry, to one moment. All right, we see that Paul urges Timothy to pray. He first says this in verse 1, to pray specifically. Let's go ahead and look at verse 1. First of all, then, I urge you that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people. This is a call to pray specifically not just generally about anybody, not just general, uh, but specifically. We're told that we must ask. We're told that and commanded that we're to go to the Lord and ask for things. And this is what he means in these four different words that we see all defining different types of prayer. First, supplications, which are pleadings, in begging for needs. Supplications are asking for specific needs that we have. Prayers, meaning to speak with God or to make requests to God. Intercessions, making a request or a petition on somebody else's behalf. So praying for somebody, for their needs and what they desire, and for their walk, and for their repentance. And also thanksgivings, where we express gratitude for the benefit that we receive and the blessings that we receive. We're told that we're to ask specifically to come to God with requests. James 4, 2, at the end of Verse 2, James says, You do not have because you do not ask. We are told that we're to go to the Lord asking for things. In Matthew 7, 7, Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount says that we're to ask 
and it will be given to us. Philippians 4, 6, Paul writes, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. We're called to pray specifically. We're called to look to God, knowing that he is our provider, that he is the one who gives all good things, that all good and perfect gifts come from God. And we're to pray specifically for everyone. Continuing on in verse 1, it says that we're to make these supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings for all people. We're to pray for everyone. We're to make our requests known and pray for everyone. We're to pray for other believers. We're often in the scriptures, it's told that we're to pray for the saints. Paul requests that we would pray for him and that requests that the churches would pray for him. And there's commands that we're to pray for our brothers and that they would be restored in a time of need. We're also to pray for non-believers. We're to pray for others to come to repentance, for those who do not trust in the Lord. We're to pray for all nations. We're to pray for our nation, but we're also to pray for all nations and also our neighbors, those who are around us. We're to make supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings for all people. We're not to have preference over someone. We're not to only pray for those who are kind to us or those who ask us, but we're to even pray for those who don't ask us to pray for them. We're to pray for those who need things. Pray for those who need to know Christ. We're to even pray for those who hate us, who mistreat us, and who despitefully use us. Matthew 5.44, Jesus says, But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. At this time, Jesus is talking about how You've heard it said to love your brother, but hate your enemy. And Jesus says, no, love everyone. We're to love everyone. And we show that we love everyone by praying for them. We're to pray for the lost. As Paul prayed for the Israelites to come to specific knowledge of Jesus Christ in Romans 10.1. Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. In chapter 9, Paul is talking about how Israel has rejected the truth. And he continues on to talk about that in Romans 10. That Israel does not know Jesus Christ as their Savior and they don't live by faith. But he prays that they will be saved. We're praying, we're to pray that those around us, that, every, that all that we know and all that we pray for, 
that they would come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And we're to pray for those in authority. Let us look in verse 2. He continues on in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, For kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceable, peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. We're reminded here by Paul that we're to pray for those who are in power. We're to pray for kings and all those who are in high positions. We're to know that those who are, have authority are under greater scrutiny and are under greater responsibility, and we're to pray for them. And at this time, and this is interesting, that at this time, the Roman emperor, Nero, was persecuting Christians. Christianity was under intense persecution from Rome. And Paul urges Timothy to pray for those in authority. Instead of praying for justice to be done to them, he has a prayer for mercy, that they would be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. We're not to pray imprecatory prayers, praying that, they get what they deserve, but instead that they get what they do not deserve, and that is mercy from God. And we know that the authority that is above us, that is in charge of us, is established by God. Romans 13.1 says, Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted God. We're to pray for those in authority. We're to pray for our leaders because they have greater responsibility placed on them. And they're also under greater scrutiny. They're under greater criticism. There's a lot of pressure and criticism that comes with being a leader. And this includes not just our highest leader, as Paul says, is kings, or we have a president, but also all of those in high positions, that is, those who are in governing authorities um, in the local and the state, and also at your job, and also in the church. We're called to pray for those in power. And he says that we're to pray for them because that we may live a peaceful life, a peaceful and quiet life. And part of this means that we are praying that they would maintain or provide opportunity for evangelism and provide freedom to be able to come together and worship. Here in the United States, we're very blessed. We have freedoms to go out and evangelize. We have freedom to come and worship. Not all people have that privilege. There's some countries where it is illegal to gather and worship God and that they are persecuted, that they will be uh, killed. And we're to pray for those leaders 
that people may have the freedom and the peace to be able to serve God. We're to pray for our leaders that it would affect how our condition, the conditions that we live in, that we would be able to live in peace. We're to pray for continual freedom to evangelize and worship God. And as an example for this, that even when we are persecuted, as I said, that we're to pray for everyone, and Jesus said that we're to even pray for those who persecute you, we know that William Tyndale, his last words, as he was put onto the stake and getting ready to burn, and as he is being burned uh, by the Church of England, he prays for the king. He says, Lord, open up the king's, uh, king of England's eyes. William Tyndale dedicated his life to translating the scriptures from Greek to English to that the, even the farmhand would be able to read God's word. And this, of course, at the time was not legal and the church was opposed to it. And so after he even went out and escaped to a different country to get his um, trans- new, tr- new Testament printed, He's captured and he is burned at the stake. But even as he is being killed and murdered, he prays that the King of England's eyes would be opened. And so we see here that we would pray for those who are in high positions, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life. We must pray with a peaceful attitude. In verse 2, it says that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. We must have a life that is not full of anger and rage against the authorities, that is criticizing and and looking down on those who are different than us, but instead praying for everyone. And when we pray for our enemies, when we pray for those who are different than us, when we pray for those who are opposed to us or cause us difficult times, it's often very difficult to hold bitterness in your heart. But we're to have compassion on those who are opposed to us. Think of Christ on the cross as he said, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they are doing. We're to have mercy as the Father in heaven has mercy. We're to pray for those around us. Pray for every man, everyone, every person. And we're to have a life that is also peaceful where we are And when we're in conflict, when we're in trouble, when we have tribulation, when we have issues, when we have difficulties, when we have all these woes of the world, that we would be untroubled by them, that we would be peaceful and quiet in our attitude, 
that we would be trusting in Christ as he said that in this life you will have tribulation. In this life you will have problems. You will have challenges. You will have people who are opposed to you, persecuting you for his name's sake. But Christ says, take heart. He has overcome the world. We can have peace knowing that God is in control, that we can trust in him. And we're to live peaceful among all men at all times, if at all possible. God told Israel through the prophet Jeremiah when he is speaking about that they were going to be in exile in Babylon, that they were going to be um, in the city, that they were going to be ruled by a foreign, foreign nation. Israel was told to seek peace and prosperity in the city that they're exiled to. Jeremiah 29, 7 but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray, for, pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare you will find your welfare. As they would be an exiled nation, they would be in a foreign land, they're to pray for the well-being and the welfare of the city because it would benefit them that if the city is peaceful. It would benefit them if the city is has welfare has a, and so they're to pray on its behalf interceding as paul says that we're to make intercessions for all people jeremiah 29:7 says that they were to pray for the welfare of the city they were in we see this also in Hebrews 12:14 that we're to strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. We're to walk peaceable. We're to live in holiness. We're to seek out the Lord and not be angry, conceited, looking down on others. We're not to be con um, to sin against others, but instead we're to pray for them. And we do this peacefully, living in a life of prayer, praying for all of those that even persecute us. As we see in Romans 12, as Paul talks about practical Christian living, he goes on to speak about all of these truths and really concise sentences going through all of these different ways to live a practical Christian life. He says in verse 14 of Romans 12, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. We're not to be angry with those because later on in Romans 12 he says, and he quotes this Old Testament saying that vengeance is mine, says the Lord. That God is the God of justice and he will make all things right. He will balance, bring balance and justice to those who are unjust. 
So do not take justice in your own hands, but instead to pray for those who persecute you. It continues on in Romans 12, verse 16, that we're to live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Just as we're told in throughout all of the New Testament that we're to consider others as more important than ourselves, that we're to look to the interest of those, that we're to not have partiality, uh, only looking to those who are people of stature, but also to look to the lowly, that we're to care for the least of these. And we're not to think highly of ourselves, being haughty. And this is how we live in harmony with others, that how we live a peaceful life. And we do this by praying for them, by taking our worries and taking our concerns and taking them to the Lord, praying for the lowly, praying for those who are in need, He continues on in verse 18 in Romans 12. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. And he says, do all that you can to live a peaceful life. And this peaceful life is centered on praying for others. We're to pray with a peaceful attitude, praying for peace and having peace in our heart, knowing that God is in control. And he continues on in verses, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. We're to pray for others' salvation. We're to pray for their salvation. God desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Paul exemplifies this in Romans 10 as we saw that he's praying for Israel that they would come to know the truth, that they would come to know that Christ is the fulfillment of all righteousness. And of course, right after the exhortation in Romans 12 that we're to live peacefully among among all men, that we're to overcome evil with good. He starts in Romans 13, saying that we're to be subject to governing authorities, for there's no authority except from God. And that's the focal point here where Paul is telling Timothy to pray for the kings and those in high positions. So how can we come and in answer this call to prayer, praying for our president, praying for those who are in authority, praying for the governors and all of those who are dealing with situations, like especially uh, just as recently as in Tennessee, that we're to pray for those who are in charge. And the, the one mayor said that he knows that prayer works. And I would say that prayer does work because the God who hears the prayer is the one who works. We're to seek 
God, knowing that he is the one who can do all things. We're to seek God, praying for those that we know that are in charge, that have authority over us, that they would come to the knowledge of truth. We're to pray for their salvation, and we're also to pray for freedom to evangelize, that we can continue on to go out among the nations, making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, trusting in Christ that he has all authority given to him, that we can trust knowing that God is in control and that he is the one who will justify those who have faith in him and that he will bring justice to those who do not believe in him. So we're called to pray, pray for all people, and that we're to have a specific prayer, praying for their needs, but most importantly, praying that they would come to have knowledge of Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, that they would come to the knowledge of truth, especially those who are in authority, that we may have a peaceful and quiet life seeking out to live in godliness that we would have an attitude of meekness not thinking highly about ourselves but considering others especially the lowly and those who are in authority so let us pray heavenly father thank you lord for this truth that you have given us in the letter to timothy from paul that you desire all men to come to knowledge of your truth, that you desire all men to be saved. And I pray, Lord, that you would put it in our hearts, that we would pray for others' salvation, that we would be praying for those to come to know you, that we would be praying for chances to evangelize and praying for courage to go out and proclaim the truth that we have hope in. I pray, Lord, that you would Put it in us, Father, put a desire that we would be praying for those who persecute us, that we would know that you desire mercy, not sacrifice, that you desire us to have mercy, that those who are merciful will have mercy given to them. And I pray, Lord, as those who give us hard times or persecute us or criticize us for our faith or discourage us that instead of us being angry with them that we could love them by praying for them that you would have mercy on them i pray this all in christ's name amen well thank you for joining us in person and thank you for joining us online have a great evening